0: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the 1 in 10 political podcast. That's one-nationism and political reform discussed in roughly 10 minute bites and hosted by me, Martin Curtis. This week I'm going to discuss skills as a complement to the education edition that I did last week that I had wanted to put skills into, but obviously education took up much more than the 10 minutes that, uh, that I wanted to. But first I want to raise an issue that came to my attention partly because of the research I've been doing around education and skills over the last couple of weeks, but which sort of highlights where my politics is at the moment and certainly highlights why I started this podcast. And... Some of the things that I think need to happen around uh, the voice of the centre ground thinkers, really. So what I came across was an article in The Guardian, which quotes somebody called Halima Begum, who is the director of the Runnymede Trust, which is a race equality think tank, basically highlighting the fact that the government were pursuing uh, or potentially going to pursue, is the way I, I would read it, a Trumpian Agenda around underachievement in white working class boys in education, and you know I have to say, Guardian rules apply to this. In that, um, you know, anything that that is published in the Guardian that is anti-conservative, I would go away and do some digging and just see if there's any evidence behind it. In the same way that I would do the same uh, with a Daily Mail article that was critical of the Labour Party. To be fair. In this case, the digging I did did show this increase in voice around underachievement in white working class boys. Now, I don't want to pretend that that isn't an issue. It it genuinely is. There is definitely uh, an issue with underachievement of white working class boys. But the point for me is there is underachievement across a whole number of spectrums around disadvantage uh, in, in education. And so for me, when you start singling out that issue and and start dealing with solely that issue it just becomes something that's divisive and it's where I see certainly the right of the Conservative Party at the moment at the moment I think the reason the Brexit debate became so divisive was largely because of quite an aggressive tone from so many people and I don't think that helps anybody to me, the centre ground way of dealing this with this and the way a reasonable person would want to deal with this issue is to deal with underachievement across the education spectrum and start demanding of politicians that they sort education out so that it becomes something where everybody can achieve, everybody can break out of whatever background they come from. And I think following an agenda in that way, not only is it right politically, it's also morally right because you help more people. Uh, I would argue it's also economically beneficial as well in the long term. Uh, But for me, this is where politics is falling down. What we're starting to get is this voice of political extremes being heard and the centre ground effectively sitting at home being quiet because they're relatively content. They're also not massively politically engaged as those on the right or the left are. And the point to me about this podcast and why I started it was to start raising this issue about why the centre ground is important, why one nationism is important and needs to find its voice more amongst the public. But it's also true about social democracy because I think the left of the Labour Party will potentially pursue the same agenda. So the point for me is we need to drive change from the centre and use centre ground issues and evidence from the centre ground to actually push and make change happen. The skills agenda is another one of those areas where there needs a bit of a strong voice to say, look, we're not getting this right in my view. And first of all, I'd say, what do I mean by skills? But I want to take things like apprenticeships out of, out of the equation. Um, and I want to focus really on, on what I would describe as adult learning, which is once you've left mainstream education, done your apprenticeship, got your degree, you know, whatever qualification it is you've got, and then you've moved on. What tools are there available to you to actually develop and and move yourself on? Me, I go back to that time when when my children were young, so probably about 20 sort of years ago, when I remember, you know, really, really vibrant adult learning happening in my local school where I did did a a course on, on car repairs as an example. And we've seen that disappear now where we've got these fantastic local educational institutes that all too often... Are sat empty at night. And I also include, by the way, sports pictures in that as well, where we've got these fantastic sports pictures that um, are stopped being used at three, four o'clock. You know, and I think that fits into it as well. Well, there's something missing. And it's important that we recognise there's something missing, because actually, people are now changing careers more often than than ever before. So the, the figures vary, but they talk about people changing careers in their lifetime, something between five and seven times. And when you think about the age of technology and the fact that we want a dynamic, vibrant economy, that makes a lot of sense. But doesn't it also therefore make sense that we need to start investing in enabling people to learn and to change careers and to develop? It's also true that if we want to create an economy where when when people leave mainstream education, they have a ladder in front of them, a ladder to success and a belief that they can climb it, we also have to give them the tools, and those tools include the ability for ongoing education. And we need to develop a culture, really, where people are expecting and wanting to learn all the way through their lives, not to finish school and then have nothing available to them. I spent a lot of years not learning properly, and I then, um, at the end of, um, well, finishing in 2010, I did uh, an open university degree, I thoroughly enjoyed it uh, and I completely self-funded it and I have no complaints about that. When I go back and look at it, the cost of that degree um, as it is now is something I just couldn't afford. I certainly couldn't have afforded it at that point when when I was paying for it. So it bothers me that people are being stopped from doing learning and continuous development at a time when we need people to be able to do it more and more. And you can see the evidence of that in funding, actually. And I don't think this is all about funding, but, but certainly the evidence is there. If you go back to 2003, 2004, where we're supposedly at a peak with, with, with adult learning, the adult learning, adult education budget for the country was £4.1 billion. From the spending review of 2016-17 onwards, that was down to 1.34 billion. So we're basically saying our adult education budget has shrunk by about two-thirds. But what do I mean by adult education as well? I think it's really important. part of the issue for this and I was a portfolio holder trying to make adult education work at you know at some point during my time as a, as a counselor. And what we were doing was juggling with a diminishing, diminishing pot. But also we had an obsession with uh, people taking qualifications. And, I, you know, there's a point there to a certain extent where, you know, we do have to encourage people to, quali- to, to um, get better qualified. And actually, so Boris Johnson is looking to guarantee some funding for people that are looking to achieve a level three, which is effectively GCSE standard. And, you know, of course I would support that, and I think any reasonable person would. But we also need to find ways of getting back to this situation where if somebody wants to go to their local college and do a a flower arranging course, that they have the ability to do it. And, and, you know, so it's widened because some people, the last thing they want to do is, is go into school and be taught and to do exams again. But what they might do is go into a school or go to another setting and do something that just develops a little bit of knowledge and interest with them. But it's also a stepping stone, potentially a stepping stone. So we've got an opportunity to do that. We need to really, really rethink how we're doing this and try and literally go backwards to where we were back in those days of 2003, and three, four. We need to also go to a point where people can fund career change and fund personal development that enables career development and career change. Through personal education, budgets is is one example of how we could do it. But certainly we need to stop going backwards in this area and start going forwards. Uh, For two reasons, for the same two reasons it is for everything. It's a spend to save measure, you know, and it's a spend to invest measure, measure. The more you can enable that, the more you genuinely enable that dynamic economy that we need, but also, the more that, um, you know, as we develop that economy, it starts to pay back through tax revenue, through through whatever means, you know, that the better we, more we do to make our economy vibrant, the better it will be in the long term. And adult education is just one of those areas where we desperately need to get it right. You know, I, I just as an example, you know, last year, I was looking at, um, I'm trying to learn German at the moment, and I'm self-funding that through um, Rosetta Stone, actually. But, um I also looked at whether I could buy and, and do a class somewhere and I just couldn't find a German class anywhere. And I think that's quite sad. And and it desperately it shows we desperately have an issue here. And again, it's one of those issues where I would say that reasonable people would have an expectation that government will deliver a good, positive adult education agenda, and they just don't. It's also true that um, this would be better delivered through regional government. And that goes back to, you know, the point of the second episode of the podcast about political reform. Because the closer to the ground you can make decisions around adult education, the better those decisions will be and the more relevant they are to a specific locality. But the most important thing out of all of this is we're just not getting it right. We're continually defunding it. And I understand the issues around post 2010 and where the country was and, and, and why they were defunded but this issue of defunding has been happening since 2003-2004 so we're getting on to approaching two decades of underinvestment and shrinking investment in developing adults in a world where we really need to be giving people the opportunity to invest in themselves and improve themselves I just think there's so many win-wins in this, but once again, it's about something we die dire at in this country, which is about spend to save and about long-term investment. It's, it's where we go wrong on so many different levels. I think this is a great example. That's all I've got to say about adult education, really. You could probably tell by the tone of my voice. It's something I really care about because I've just seen it go downhill so much. But uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. I hope it's sparked a few thoughts with you. What I would also make a plea for is the same one I make every week. If you enjoy what I'm saying, please share it. Please let other people listen to it. Because I, I don't want this to be something that just circulates amongst people that are politically minded. I want to pique the interest of people that understand politics, that have political views but aren't necessarily politically engaged. I'm not sure what topic I'm going to cover next week. I may cover uh, some issues around around funding and around investment in infrastructure and how we can make that happen, but it's also possible that I'm going to be able to bring somebody else in to have a conversation uh, with my next podcast, and I think that'll be interesting as well, so if I can make that happen, I will, um, but it'll still be there and I'll still be posting every Monday, and thank you very much for listening.